Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone. Yes, darling. I love it when we freestyle. <laughs> We're not freestyling right now. Freestyle. Nope, still not freestyling. <laughs> oh, please stop. For the love of all that's holy, please stop. Welcome to episode 73 of Freestyling <laughs> with the Joneses. <laughs> Hello. So the kids were off school this week. Yes, they were. That adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the week, doesn't it? Yes, it uh, certainly does. But the good thing is we didn't have to do the get up at 6.30 in order to get them on the bus thing. No, we just changed our, all their alarm clocks to 7.30. We did? <laughs> but then we were like running around like headless chickens together. I like the headless chicken. I yeah. much prefer that than the early awake well baby i got muffins ready for this week so i'm i'm making the the mornings work for me you know what you're a domestic goddess i am you're wonderful it's true i'm looking at our notes for this week about Uh, what we did mm -hmm. and it's ridiculously short oh that's simply because the week was full but with simple activities yeah we taught a lot we did well you did nothing i taught a lot i beg your pardon you just looked good you were the eye candy i have spent all week, several hours of every day, getting my teaching ready for tomorrow. Oh, I don't doubt that. I'm just saying you didn't do any teaching this week. No. No, you just did tons and tons of preparation. So much prep. You, I'm. You know, surprised. I worked out that this week we have prepared 13 sets of teaching for this week. Yes. That's kind of crazy. So we're in that season of running, building, yes. doing two schools, and it's tremendous fun and tremendous joy. This week I taught on the Bible. My inner brethren came out. Yes, he did. He came out to play. <laughs> but he was more fun than the average inner brethren, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you can't say that, but that's a fairly accurate statement. <laughs> I know lots of fun brethren people. Yes. I had a fun weekend. Tell me about your weekend. Well, I got to have a girl time with a friend, and then I went to Elena's shower. We're doing her wedding next week. Come on, Blaine. And... Uh, so that was very exciting. All very wonderful women. So love tankful. And then I got to go out again last night to celebrate Stephanie. Hey, answer me this. While you're out just celebrating yeah. after a week of not teaching, yeah. who's looking after the kids? Like some amazing babysitter probably. Yeah. Who? The guy with the Scottish accent. Right. <laughs> it does help that our kids go to bed at seven. It really does. And I, I mean... I didn't leave that early. Well, Friday I did. I left at like five. I know. I'm, I drove to Starbucks tonight to get an ice green tea. And as I was driving back, I brought MJ with me. And he was looking for the moon. And his whole conversation was, hello, moon. Did you have a good sleep? Hello, oh. moon. I love you, moon. I go to bed. I see you tomorrow. Oh, and I was like, so you cute. are adorable. 
so I was teaching in the school. You were just yeah, kind of being super distracting at the back. And then our good friend Steve Long was in from Toronto. He was, which was great. Got to have a good meal with him and Canadian hang Thanksgiving, out. no less. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do we celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving? With sushi, of course, as true Canadians do. That's right. The only way to celebrate it. Hey, babe, I forgot to tell you about how good the food was at the Homestead Manor. Wait, what's the Homestead Manor? It's the place we went for Stephanie's birthday. Oh, I see. Go on. And it's like a farm-to-table place. So it's on a, I think they said 400-acre farm. And all of the food is grown there. The animals that you eat are from there. Everything. Animals are grown there? That's amazing. Yes, they're all grown there. So they, the menu was great. Um, you know, all in season stuff and the food was fantastic. Really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. So Homestead Manor. Homestead Manor. All right. I'll let you take me there sometime. All right. If you're good. Well, as short as that weekly catch up was, it was a very busy week. It was a really busy week. That's probably why we have a short catch up. Yeah. And our beloved pastor, Jeff Dollars, back from Romania. Yes. Him and Becky and... Christine and our very own Michelle were there, and it sounds like they had an absolute blast. So welcome back, guys. Do you know what I want to talk about this week? What do you want to talk about this week? I want to week? talk about something I'm shocked we haven't already talked about. So am I. And I feel like I say that every week recently. Yeah. The topic is healing. Right. And I associate Steve Long with healing, not not just because that's what we have him to come in and teach on the school at. I'm sorry, am I boring you? <laughs> I'm looking at our poster with all of our topics on it thinking, we must have talked about this. Oh, okay. Shall I start again? I associate Steve Long with healing. Yes. And I don't think it's just because we have him come in and teach on healing at the school. No. I think it's because it's his pastime. <laughs> it, well, he de- he describes it as his hobby. Yeah. Which is a very good way of putting it. Uh, Steve, for me, was the first person I ever saw demonstrate healing. When I lived in Scotland... I, you know, was obviously a very hungry Christian and would read lots of books. And there was a church in Glasgow, there still is a church called Glasgow Elam. And they, at the time, had lots of connections with Toronto. And so often the visiting pastors would come in there. And this is way before I moved to Toronto and knew anybody. But Steve Long came over and taught an evening on healing. And I didn't know much about healing. I knew enough about Toronto to know that probably some cool stuff would happen. So, you know, worship's over, Steve stands up, and no word of a lie, his opening line is, Hi, folks, my name's Steve, I'm one of the pastors in Toronto, it's great to be with you. Um, We'd love to teach on healing tonight, but before I teach on healing, I think it would be good if we demonstrated that Jesus loves to heal. So, I was wondering, why don't we find the sickest person in the room and ask Jesus to heal them, and then everybody else should be easy after that. I was just thinking, I have never heard anybody be so bold. And he proceeded to do that. We all decided that the woman in the wheelchair was the sickest person in the room. Good tip. And he didn't even pray for her. He just said, has anybody never healed anybody before but would like to? And two women volunteered. And he just told them what to do. And lo and behold, the woman got out of the wheelchair. And I was like, I I have never seen anything like this before. Amazing, yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird because you usually associate boldness and healing with very loud television evangelists. And mm-hmm. Steve's not like that. He's super normal, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's a normal kind of dad kind of guy. Right, makes dad jokes. Yeah. Says totally inappropriate things without realizing he's saying totally inappropriate things. Yes. But he's completely <laughs> down to earth. He's not fascinated with himself or his wonderful healing ministry. And has a wonderful healing ministry. Yeah, really does. I, I would say that I've learned almost as much from Steve as I did John and Carol about healing. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say I learned practice and faith from John and Carol. I mean, traveling with them and seeing just miracle after miracle after miracle and just watching John and Carol. I mean, John's amazing. If there isn't faith in the room, he provides the faith. Yeah, he, yeah, he I, does. I don't know anybody quite like that. So I learned and I was kind of thrown in to healing traveling with John and Carol because people, you know, ministry times would often come up and expect you to be able to do what they do which was horrible because I was terrible at healing. Uh, and then, <laughs> but, and then that statement in itself is quite funny because I mean, really healing doesn't have anything to do with us, but no, it I get doesn't. What you're saying. It doesn't, but it's funny how when, when people aren't getting healed, we associate that with us. And when people are getting healed, we associate that with God. Right. But I mean, you're quite right. The, the truth is my, my point in saying that is my track record for praying for people and seeing them get healed was remarkably low. Right. I'll give you a prophetic word, but if you want healing, can can I take you over to Carol? She'll pray for you. you right. know. And so I had faith that they would heal people. I just never really saw it for me. So yeah, I learned practice and faith from John and Carol. I'd say I learned theology from Steve. Not that I didn't learn theology from John and Carol, but Steve you know, wrote two books. He's written, written a bunch of books, but he wrote two devotional books, 30 Reasons Why Jesus Heals and another 30 Reasons on something else. And they were kind of a collection of distilled thoughts I'd heard him share over the years. Uh, one of my favorite Steve Long stories was we did a workshop at a, one of the conferences in Toronto and I went to Steve's workshop and it was all about deliverance. Yeah. And so he taught in deliverance and then he split us up into groups and we all did deliverance on each other. <laughs> Only Steve. <laughs> Only Steve. And he's just like, now, turn and command the... And I'm like, what? This is amazing. I, I love Steve. He just makes everything so super normal. Yeah. As <laughs> I was mentioning that Steve wrote a book, his latest book is called My Healing Belongs to Me. And the premise of the book, and certainly the title of the book, is something that changed the way I approached healing. And I've told the story many, many, many times all over the world. But I think the turning point for me from God heals to God wants to use me to heal was one Sunday when we went to church. Yeah. And Steve Long had a friend coming to minister at the church that Sunday. His name is Sam Larby. He's a minister from Ghana, and he is a minister in, in London, I think, or yeah, England? In London, yeah. And so Sam was in Toronto for a week of healing meetings, and so Steve, by way of introduction, was like, hey, good morning, everybody. You know, I've got a good friend of mine, Sam Larby's going to be ministering this morning, just so you can understand a little bit about uh, Sam and what he's going to be speaking on. I went to pick him up at the airport last night, and he nearly didn't get into Canada, the customs agent stopped him at the border and said, you know, sir, what are you doing here? And Sam explained that he's here to do a bunch of uh, meetings, and he had a ministry team with him. And the customs agent said, well, I'm not going to let you into Canada because clearly you're here to work and you're on a visitor's visa. He's like, no, I'm not here to work. I'm just here to do a meeting. And she mistook the 26 people for his ministry team as a crew because they had video cameras to film some of the miracles. So she said, look, sir, there's two ways to do this. You know, one, we don't accept your entry into Canada and you get on a plane and go home or you pay a fine of several thousand dollars and you can come in. But you have to leave all your camera equipment and pick up on the way out. So Sam just looks at her and says, you have pain in your body. But say how he says it with his accent. Well, I don't want to offend the people of the great nation of Ghana. Okay. You have pain in your body. Yeah. Is the way he says it. Yeah. And so he proclaims to this woman that she has pain in her body. And to my amazement, she said, yeah, I do. And so he said, well, pray this with me and you'll be healed. And she did, and she was. And she said, welcome to Canada. And let him in with all his stuff. <laughs> and let him in with all his stuff. So 
Then he gets into the elevator. You know, Steve picks him up and then decides to get into the elevator to go to the parking garage. And while they're in the elevator, Sam turns to a guy who's in the elevator and says, you have pain in your body. And the guy says, yeah, I do. And Sam says, well, pray this with me and you'll be healed. So he prays a short prayer and that guy gets healed. Now, at this point, I'm thinking, the guy's been in Canada less than 24 hours and has healed more people than I have. And I've been in Canada at this point, I don't know, five years. Right. And I was in this season of my life where I was grateful for all the stories I was either hearing or all the miracles I was witnessing firsthand done at the hands of my friends. But I was kind of jealous for some of my own stories. I I was jealous to see God work through my prayers and through my laying on of the hands. And it wasn't for the lack of trying. And I didn't think it was for the lack of theology. Like, I think I had good theology about healing. I think what I was missing was an expectation of healing. Right. So Steve drives Sam to the hotel that he's staying at. They check in, and while he's checking in, he says to the guy behind the counter, did Steve tell you the good news? And the guy's like, what? And Steve's like, what? And he's like, Jesus loves you, and by the way, do you have pain in your body? The guy behind the desk says, I do have pain, and Sam prays for him, and he gets healed. And then Steve takes him to the you know, service, and that was the night before. And when they come back from the service several hours later, the guy who was behind the desk who got healed had been waiting for him. His shift was over, but he'd been waiting for Sam, waiting to talk to him because the change in his pain was so drastic that he needed to ask some questions. And so when Sam walked back in, this guy who's finished his shift but had been waiting behind, and he said, how did you do that? And Sam said this amazing thing. He said, that was Jesus on the outside. Would you like Jesus on the inside? Yeah. And the guy said, what? what do you mean? And he said, well, in the same way that I prayed a prayer that healed your body, I can lead you in a prayer that will change your life. And so he talked to him about Jesus' death and resurrection. And right there, this guy gives his life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm, again, this guy hasn't even got up to speak yet. This is Steve just doing the introduction. And I am on the edge of my seat thinking, who is this guy? This guy is amazing. You were literally on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. Didn't I just say that? No, I mean, like, I want people to get the visual, because you were like, I kind of thought you were going to end up out of your seat. You oh, seemed I see. so excited. You were affirming. Yes. So Sam gets up to speak, and basically he just tells story after story after story after story mm-hmm. of healings that he's seen, and I'm so inspired. And I'm, I honestly, I remember looking around the room going, is anybody else not freaking out about how awesome this is? And... A lot of people just seemed like, oh, this is a nice, normal service. And maybe it was just one of those services that was, you know, life-changing for me. But at the end of the the sermon, Sam challenged us and he said, hey, you know, you can listen to these stories and just think, oh, these are amazing stories. But I tell you them so that you will do something with them. And he said, if you have boldness, if you have enough boldness to ask a stranger, do you have pain in your body? Then the Holy Spirit will match that boldness and you will find that people will get healed. And I was thinking, nah, people get healed because you have a healing anointing. You know, people get healed because you have a gift of healings. And he, as if, you know, knowing that that was the thoughts going through my head, just again reiterated that no, this has nothing to do with your healing anointing. It has everything to do with the the healing that Jesus purchased on the cross. Right. So I thought to myself, I could, you know, I could just leave and just spend the lunchtime talking with people about how amazing that service was. Or I could actually respond to the message and try it. And try it. We did. Yes. Do you want to tell the rest of the story? We were driving home 
and uh, we had to stop at Walmart to get toilet paper. And I actually wasn't feeling well. So I stayed in the car and you went inside and to go get the toilet paper. But you were all amped up and ready to give this a shot, but pretty nervous too, weren't you? So um, you saw this lady. Do you want to tell this part? Well, yeah, I, I was so amped up. I thought, I can do this. All I have to do is ask somebody if they have pain in their body and the rest will follow. So I found a, a Walmart employee and went up to her and said, excuse me, do you have any toilet paper? <laughs> I totally chickened <laughs> out. I was so excited to ask her if she had pain in her body. But I got my toilet paper and I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm strong. I'm confident. I can absolutely ask somebody if they have pain in their body. And so there was these little, you know, plastic tables where people were trying margarine on bread. And I just stopped at one of the tables and full of faith, shoved a piece of French bread with some margarine on it into my mouth, chewed it a bit and looked at the woman and said, you have pain in your body. And she amazingly enough said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> but I was undeterred. Good feelings in my, gone. <laughs> I was undeterred in my faith. I said, yeah, you do. You have pain in your body. And she looked at me and said, no, I don't. And in the back of my head, I just prayed this little prayer that was like, oh, Jesus, you know, help me out here. And just as I, you know, said that prayer in my head, I felt pain shoot down the back of my leg into my right foot. And so I said to her, yes, you do. You have pain in your right foot. And she said, how, how did you know that? And I said, well, repeat this with me and you'll get healed. And she said, what? I said, just say this with me. And I just, I just jumped into this four-line prayer that Sam had taught us. So I said, this healing belongs to me. And she repeated it because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now in the name of Jesus. And so I said, now check your foot. I'm just doing everything Sam taught us to do. Right. And so she kind of stamped around on her foot and squealed that her foot was healed. And so she said to me, how did you do that? And remembering everything that Sam had said, I said, well, that's Jesus on the outside. Would you like Jesus on the inside? And this was around the time when Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, came out, which mm -hmm. was great. Because I just said, have you seen Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of Christ? She said, yeah. I said, do you know why Jesus died? She said, no, I don't. And I said, he died so that you could be saved and he died so you could be healed. I said, you got half of it. Do you want the rest of it? And she said, yeah. And so right there and then she repeated a four-line prayer that I made up on the spot and gave her <laughs> life to Jesus. I checked out, bought my toilet paper and got in the car, shell-shocked, I think. You were so excited. It, it was really cute. But yeah, you were just, oh, I have to call somebody. It, it worked. I you know, so you were stoked. So you called Carol and... I remember calling Carol and I remember just saying, I had it on the speakerphone and she, and she was like, hello? And I was like, I got one! And she was like, what? I was like, it totally worked. I just prayed and led someone to Jesus and healed them in the middle of Walmart. And she just thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah. And what started from then was basically a constant flow of me asking random strangers all over the world in almost every conceivable circumstance, excuse me, but do you have pain in your body? Yeah. And almost always seeing people get healed. Yeah. To the point where every time we went anywhere, you prayed for people, which was awesome, but also required some extra planning because we now had to leave early in my head if we were going to stop anywhere on the way to the church or on the way to the airport because for sure you're going to ask anybody there if they had any pain in their body and pray for them. Um, so it was quite funny. I remember this one time we were late for a flight 
to Australia. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I remember because we were flying LA to Sydney, wasn't it? LA to Auckland. Yeah. And we'd left way too late. And yeah. We were checking in. And we're so we're trying to check in for the the LA, like Toronto, LA portion. portion. And this lady said something, and I thought, oh no, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And we have like 40 minutes to make it to our gate. And Toronto, you know, Pearson International is a huge airport. And she said something and, you know, sure enough, you, you know, she said she was a Catholic or whatever and um, prayed for her and she got healed and then she hugged you and everything and then you led her to the Lord. And I mean, it was awesome, but I was like it was so awesome. stressed because we had Abby and I was just like, we're- We got so much luggage. So much we luggage. We had to clear U.S. customs. And we had to run, you know, kind of thing. And I was just like, Wow. Well, I'm glad she got saved because we're going to miss our flight, you know? <laughs> and then, But then she just took us through this back door and bypassed everything with yeah, us. Yeah, she grabbed us by the hand and said, come with me, and just left her stand and kind of navigate us through and all was well. Yeah, we made it. So that went on for many, many years, just like on airplanes, in taxis, in different countries. When we would travel, we would teach groups of people to go and do this. We sent people out on the street to do it. And... It, it is remarkable. It, what what that shifted for me was I knew that God wanted to heal people, but seeing healing after healing after healing, I think what that did for me was it shifted the notion that God wants people healed and God want and God wants people saved mm-hmm. into a dramatic reality in front of me because He backed it up with signs and wonders. Yeah, you just He's so see backed it up. People get healed all the time. I remember, I remember when when we were keeping track. In the first hundred people that you prayed for, only two didn't get healed, and neither of them would finish the prayer. That's right. They they didn't want to finish the prayer, and I was like, "Well, you would you would rather not finish a prayer and keep your pain?" And yeah, they. My I think my favorite one was though in Williams and Sonoma. I prayed yeah, for a girl, awesome. uh, and I said, "You know, repeat after me." And she said, "Okay." I said, "This healing belongs to me," and so she said, "This healing belongs to me." And I said, "Because of what Jesus has done." She's like, "Oh no, you're not one of those." Jesus people, and she, you know, was clearly upset. I was like, "Yeah, I am." She's like, "Well, I, I don't want to have anything to do with Jesus." And I said, "Really?" I said, "You're halfway through. It'd be longer f- for you to argue with me than just finish the prayer." She's like, "Fine." So she finished the prayer, and I said, "Check yourself," and all her pain had gone. And she was like, "How? How? How did you do that?" And I was like, "What's that do to your theology now?" <laughs> but just the notion that you know God paid for her healing. Mm-hmm. And actually, while she was still sinners, Christ not only died for her, but paid the price for her salvation and for her healing. You know, seeing stuff like that just taught me, like, oh, God, you absolutely want to see people healed. And so, I'm you know, so grateful for Sam Larbian, and in turn for Steve, who just modeled that so brilliant, and John and Carol, who yeah. would go for it. And I remember somebody asked uh, Sam Larby, you know, you're out and you see two people who are sick, you know, maybe one in a wheelchair and one with, you know, crutches. How do you know who to pray for, person A or person B? He said, pray for person A and person B. And it just demystified this whole, like, oh, who should I pray for? Right. It was just, you know, nobody was safe from a collateral blessing. Mm-hmm. It was funny for me because, um, you know, of course, you're you're the crazy healing praying guy now. And, you know, we pretty much were always together. And it sort of became my role, as it were, 
to be the one that smiled and kind of looked normal if the person looked panicked when you said, hey, repeat this after me or, you know, whatever. I would just sort of smile and nod and be like, no, it's okay, you know, that kind of thing. But I realized I was getting jealous in my heart to have the boldness to do it myself. And I was frustrated that I kept backing down, you know, that I kept sort of going, oh, well, this is Alan's thing, you know, or... Well, I'll I'll be the sidekick or the whatever. And um, I remember at one point it came to a head for me, and I would imagine this is like a year and a half later, right? Um, after Sam had been at the church, and um, I had gone down to the church for a conference or for a meeting or something, and you were home with Abby, and I was just like okay, like as I left the church, I phoned you and I was like, babe, I'm going for coffee with Lindley. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm sick of not having my own testimonies. I'm sick of being a chicken. You know, I'm I'm going to do this. Right. And you were all, babe, you are you can do this. You're awesome. You're going to be great. I was like, okay. And uh, I remember sitting down and, you know, of course, Lindley is like totally for it. You know, it's not like Lindley would be like, what are you doing? No, of course. Um, but we're sitting in this restaurant and the server comes over and I just, I must have three, three or four times started with, you know, do you have any sugar? Do you have, you know, and I just, just never got it said. And even when I went over to pay the bill, it was just me and the server standing there. And I thought this would be the perfect time. But by then I was so discouraged that I was like, ugh. so I didn't say anything. Right. And I got in the car and I'm driving home and I called you and I just started bawling my eyes out. I was like, oh, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I afraid? And so I just remember you being super encouraging and praying for me. And um, and then I needed to stop and get diapers. Well, I think, you know, at that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me when you were, you know, crying, like, I'm just a chicken. I can't do this. I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, well, honey, that's totally fine. That's what tomorrow's for. Yeah. You know, like his mercies are new every morning. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. He's so good. And that's what you said, actually. It was? That okay, good. Tomorrow? I'm glad that's I actually tomorrow. passed on the revelation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And I, I think because that took all the pressure off, when I stopped to get diapers, I didn't feel like that I have to anymore. I just still felt this hunger to see the kingdom come. You know what I mean? Like see stuff happen. And anyway, so I got diapers and a few things and was walking up to the checkout and there was like this young girl at the checkout and um I started like chanting in my head like no more chicken no more chicken no more chicken and then when I got up to the thing you know she was wearing a name tag and whatever and I was just like hi do you have any pain in your body and she's like what and I was like oh slow down done it again slower you know so I was like do you have any pain in your body? And she's like, I really do. And, you know, and I was like, okay, we'll repeat this after me. So I said the four line prayer, right? You know, this healing belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now in the name of Jesus. And so she said it. And then I said, well, could you check yourself? And she like bent over and touched her toes. And and then she just freaked out like, this is amazing. I'm pain free. And, you know, just totally freaked out. And then she turned around and she yelled across the entire um, supermarket, Jeffrey, 
Jeffrey, get over here. This lady's going to heal you. And I was like, oh, no, you know. And so, you know, this guy comes up and he's like 17 years old and kind of too cool for school. Do you know what I mean? Like he was just, he walks up and he goes, hey, lady. And I was like, hi. And he's like, hey. And she's like, she just healed me and look at me. I can bend and I, you know, you know, I was in pain. Look, look what I can do. You know, and she's like, she's going to heal you too. And I was like, okay. So I just looked at, you know, Jeffrey and I was like, do you have pain, Jeffrey? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, where? He's like, my leg. You know, and I was like, okay. And I mean, he had limped over, so it would have been a good guess. So I was like, okay, well, just repeat after me. So he repeated the four line prayer. And he got healed too. So afterwards, like he was, he jumped on his leg and bent it and everything. And he's like, hey, thanks lady. And then he just like walked away. And I walked to the car on like cloud nine and called you from the car. I was like, baby, I did it. You know, it it is amazing to see things that are in the Bible come to life. Yeah. I think that's the funnest part of walking out your Christian faith. It's not that it's an abstract concept. But the promises of the Bible and the demonstration of Jesus is to be replicated. Yeah. And I just love seeing people in our community grab a hold of that and go for it. And, you know, we had some great healings last week when Steve was here. Like Matteo had a broken, I think it was a broken shoulder. He had a gap, a three-inch gap between the two bones. And that got totally closed up. And just the number of miracles that we've seen, you know, throughout the years of people being healed. I just absolutely love it. And it's amazing. And so I'm just so grateful for someone like Steve who is normal and yet just accesses the supernatural and makes it super simple for people. Yeah. So fun. So here's the thing. Whenever we talk about healing, it is a a diving board into all the questions about, well, what about this? And what about that? And why don't people get healed? And well, I pray for my mom. And well, I did pray for my mom and she died. And you know, what about this? And what about that? And you know, it's an enormous topic. And I, I, I have loved being a student of healing. I absolutely love it. And I, I, I've got many heroes of the faith who've helped me understand a a bunch. And of course I still got questions because I'm still a novice in this, but we have two resources. One that you can get right now, it's called Supernatural Evangelism. And if you wanted to hear more stories about uh, seeing people healed on the street, that's available on our website, Supernatural Evangelism. We talk about prophetic evangelism, healing evangelism, presence evangelism, as in bringing the presence of God into your midst, and uh, what is in your hand, just using the things that God's given you. But we also have a resource on healing that is not available for sale yet because I haven't finished uh, editing it, but it's a bunch of teachings which will be ready in the next couple of weeks on healing, so we'll talk about that. There's two resources I'd really encourage you. One, Steve Long's book, My Healing Belongs to Me. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can get that in Kindle form or you can buy it on paperback straight from Amazon. And the second thing is a brilliant website run by our dear friend and colleague, Danielle Helson, called Cultivate Boldness. And Danielle is an excellent practitioner, not only at seeing people encouraged through prophetic ministry, but also seeing people healed on the streets. And she's a great trainer and equipper as well. If you go to cultivateboldness.com, you can read testimony stories, watch videos of uh, people being healed. Uh, and I'd really recommend that. Danielle's an excellent teacher and yeah, excellent she's equipper. Amazing. Yeah. Are you ready for a listener's question as we say goodbye? I believe I am. This is from Becky, and it's got to be one of my favorite questions. Oh, now I'm excited. The question is, do you think we still reap the consequences of judgment if we judge people who aren't actually real? 
For example, if I'm watching a movie and judge one of the characters for something they did, does that count as a judgment? That's an awesome question. I would think it probably does because you're still judging. (laughs) Right. It's not the object that determines whether it's a judgment. It's the attitude of the heart that determines whether it's a judgment. Yes. And a judgment is an observation with attitude. So, yeah, you... Because here's the thing, if I judge somebody I've never met, if I'm reading a newspaper and read about a celebrity or a politician doing something and I judge them, I mean, there's nothing real about them. I'm not in their life. I mean, sure, they're a real person, but I'm judging their actions. I'm judging what they said. Right. And it's an ugly attitude in my heart. That ugly attitude still exists if it's a fictitious person, I would say. Yes. Well, certainly to be on the safe side. (laughs) But well done, Becky. If that's the biggest thing that you need answers in your life, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing remarkably just great, yeah. well. <laughs> well, just before we close off, I wanted to let you know or just remind you if you uh, have heard us talk about it before about the Heaven Declares Conference that's coming up from October 29th to 31st. There's still tickets available for the event. And we're having Dr. Brian Simmons, who is coming to speak, and he's the author of The Passion Translation as well as Supraza Satoli, who is our friend from South Africa. Um, It's going to be an amazing conference. We're super stoked about it. You can, of course, tune in online um, and see it that way if you happen to be in some other part of the world. But if you're local, I'd highly recommend coming to the conference. It's going to be a great time. And if you want show notes or links to anything we've talked about today, go to alanandaj.com slash 73. And if you have a question you'd love us to answer on the show, go to alanandaj.com slash ask, and we will do our best to answer it. Yep. Have an amazing week. Have a great week.